You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. He's got it! Oh, baby! Every week, Travis Kura. That's Grey Cup me, which is a different person. And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Oh, nearly intercepted it is! And it's over! Ready, set, hunt! And we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. It's Travis Curra and Sheldon Jones today, your first off-season show. So it's good to good to talk to you on the show for the first time since November. Brazilian Ty underwent surgery over the weekend, uh, gallbladder surgery. Uh, so he's been cooped up, still in quite a bit of pain he, originally. <laughs> so this is why there was a bit of a delay. He told me he thought he'd be able to record this week. And then I checked in with him and he said, no. So he probably was on drugs when he first told me and then wasn't on drugs when I confirmed with him. And I have a feeling that the two and out archives are going to be a master class on what not to do when you don't want to undergo surgery because <laughs> myself back in October, <laughs> Ty coming up or just this past weekend. And uh, hey, what about you? <laughs> I've never had a surgery yet. So maybe maybe you didn't fixed up? <laughs> oh, believe me. I have a couple knees I'll need to get fixed. My elbow's not doing so well lately, but we're good. Yeah, we're all just falling apart. So uh, best wishes to uh, Brazilian Ty, and I'm sure we'll get him back on the show as soon as we can. This episode of Two and Out brought to you by Taproot Spotlight, a service that helps businesses and organizations pay attention to the people they serve. Taproot tells you the news about the people and companies that are important to you, and you can use that information internally to keep everyone on the same page, or share it with the world in your newsletter, on your website, and on your social media channels. Paying attention pays dividends. Find out more at taprootpublishing.ca slash spotlight. It's taprootpublishing.ca slash spotlight. This past weekend in Edmonton was the National and Global Combines. Now, Sheldon, did you ever play the game of football? I did. I played three years when I played in junior, and then I played for like one year of high school. I played one day. In Athabasca, Alberta. <laughs> so I went for a, uh, a ninth grade spring tournament before playing high school football. Grade 10 rolls around. I had back issues. I had my first surgery. So my career was over before it really started. But my highlight was playing left guard. And my running back cut in front of me as I was about to absolutely pancake the linebacker. And I pancaked my own running back. <laughs> That's the highlight of my football career. <laughs> but those all those memories always come back when uh, talking about the combine and drills and practice and, and things like that. But the new format over the weekend was the big talking point because uh, recently it's been really just doing some drills, some one-on-ones and 
trying to evaluate guys off of that. I, I feel like the job of a CFL evaluator might be one of the toughest in pro sports. They're trying to evaluate Canadians that spend time in the NCAA and sometimes aren't even on the field all that much. So to try and evaluate players before the draft coming up on May 2nd, it's always quite the challenge. But this time around, they expanded it to five days and there were days of practice where they had CFL coaches there kind of leading drills, simulated games. And I have to imagine that that would make the process a little bit easier on those evaluators attending the combine in Edmonton, Sheldon. Yeah, it seems like a great idea. Like stretch it out, yeah. uh, see what the kids can do when they're not maybe so under pressure, like, they think they have, oh, I got two chances to run this 40. I got five days to impress. So I think it's a great, great move. Hopefully they keep it up. What I find fascinating about the whole process ahead of the draft, and we, we, we're we starting to get some of this content through various CFL teams and their YouTube channels and things like that, is the interviews. And... <laughs> Man, they are just putting the pressure on. Like the Edmonton uh, uh, content last year with Chris Jones kind of leaning on uh, Trey Ford a little bit. And they ended up drafting him. But it's like they're basically just making up stuff, trying to see how the player will crack or if they will crack. I love that stuff. (laughs) I, I don't know how I would handle it personally. Like I hate normal job interviews never mind where this sort of crap is being thrown at you <laughs> it's a fascinating part about football it is it's, it's fascinating i agree uh, <laughs> i'm used, i'm usually the guy giving the interviews when yeah. i have to interview employees so yeah it's it's not it's nice <laughs> n- me not having to actually evaluate the answers i can just enjoy the answers yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah and the global combine also happened I was reading about this guy. Uh, there was a former sumo champion <laughs> taking part. Like, I'm in for this. Hide Tora Hanada is his name. And they were actually, like, flexibility is not a part of this whole thing. But, you know, when you're sitting on your butt with your legs spread apart, his head can touch the ground, and he's a defensive lineman sumo champion. Crazy. We need this guy. Like, what an athlete. Now, Sheldon, if you sat down. No. <laughs> no. Like, are you a foot off, 18-inch? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to try when we're done recording, and maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll comment on the link when you put it up. I can already feel the strain in my hamstrings, like... Oh, even just getting back up is going to hurt. Come on now. (laughs) And that's another impressive thing about the Combine, just seeing these great Canadian athletes and global athletes all descend on Edmonton and show off what they can do. There has been uh, several standouts. I'm going to point you to CFL.ca and read what Marshall Ferguson uh, analyzed and uh, three down nation.com. JC Abbott does great work there as well. From from the players that are standing out, it does look like this might be a defensive heavy draft. 
Uh, defensive linemen, DBs, and even linebackers seem to be the ones that stole the show at the Combine. So it's going to be good to see some more Canadian talent on defense. It appears it may be another weaker offensive line class, so those players might uh, need a little bit more development as they come into the CFL. But a lot of time, the Combine, the elite the high-ranking players, they don't really go to it. It's for those guys looking to move up the draft board uh, a little bit that show up to the combine, and uh, they can make some noise and move up that way. So we do have the draft coming up on May 2nd, and then basically right after that, training camp and preseason, and we've rounded the corner of the CFL offseason. So that is another reason why I'm excited to have the Combine here and now gone. Some optimism in Montreal now. They've got the new owner, Pierre-Carl Pelado, and now they've uh, hired Mark Waitman as their president and CEO seems like this is actually a pretty decent transition. I mean, so far on the surface from the past ownership group to this ownership group. And it looks like things are going smoothly. It looks like Montreal has a solid foundation. I don't know about you. I I just feel like there's so much passion to draw from in Quebec and Montreal. And if they can get them consistently coming to the stadium, that franchise will be strong for years to come, man. Oh, for sure. As long as there's stability in the ownership and the team, they they do have the fan base. Like it's, they, how long was it? Nine, 10, 11 years in a row when every game at McGill was sold out back in the early yeah, ex- 2000s, yeah. I believe. And so we know for sure that it's possible. And yeah, this, nothing but good things another billionaire owner like that's that's great for some somebody with some money to have a team here and so hopefully fingers crossed hopefully this is the one that works out and as long as they keep putting out mini helmets with poutine in them or sorry poutine in them uh, for our uh, listeners from la belle provence uh they will continue to bring fans in but don't schedule your games on the same day as a Metallica concert. I'm having a difficult time, man. I, I'm flying to Montreal to go to Metallica. The Riders are in town. And while I'm in Montreal, <laughs> World Wrestling Entertainment is having SmackDown an hour and a half from my home front door. Yeah. Can I clone myself into three people? No, but I wish I could. (laughs) Uh, The CFL also announcing the uh, 2023 class of the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. And uh, Sheldon, does this not make you feel a little bit old? Uh, (laughs) You guys make me feel old every single day. But yes, yes, I do feel old. Like... Even just Solomon, like that makes me feel really old that Solomon Elamimium is already a Hall of Famer. Yeah, we watched his entire career as uh, CFL fans and coming on to the scene and setting the single season tackle record. What a player 
Solomon was. Well, he's actually only 36 years old and he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He achieved 143 tackles twice in a season, uh, over 800 tackles in his career, eight interceptions, nine forced fumbles, hey, some special teams tackles, and he also had 32 quarterback sacks. A great CFL linebacker, a Grey Cup champion in 2011. And we just fist bumped him at the the Grey Cup in Regina. <laughs> and I wonder maybe if he would have played a little bit longer, but uh, I think he got really involved with the CFLPA stuff. And he's been, a, I think, a great asset to the Players Association as well. So just a great uh, addition to the CFL community, uh, a, a bona fide legend, I think. And it goes without saying, since he's now... Uh, a Hall of Famer, but also defensive lineman John Bowman, Montreal Alouettes legend, going into the Hall of Fame as well. And I, when I had Derek Dennis on the show back in October, we were kind of talking about this is like the golden age of pass rushers. Like <laughs> offensive yeah. linemen don't have an easy job. One hundred and thirty-four career sacks. All with the Montreal Alouettes from 2006 to 2019. What a career for John Bowman, man. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing more you can say. Like, Well, I will say there, there's a small fan group from Montreal. I don't have my pin on me. They all have Bowman jerseys, and they are lay Bowman. <laughs> so the Bowman are going to be celebrating this Hall of Fame induction. i got to find my pin and uh, maybe get myself a Bowman jersey as well. Uh, Larry Crawford, Lloyd Fairbanks, Josh Burke also going into the Hall of Fame, and Larry Smith, the eighth commissioner of the CFL, as well as going into the media wing of the Canadian Football Hall of Fame is Chris Schultz. So congratulations to him. Uh, I know Glenn Suter went in last year. This year it will be will be Chris Schultz. And I think a lot of people will argue that maybe both guys could deserve to go in as a player as well. So we'll see if that does remain to yeah. be seen with the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. Speaking of players... Saskatchewan Rough Rider news that might have uh, fans a little bit uneasy going into the season. Keen Schaefer-Baker has undergone hip surgery. He's projected to miss the start of the 2023 season for the Riders. And Sheldon, uh, getting KSB involved into the offense early often has to be a key for the Rough Rider offense this year. Yeah, like depending on how much time he's going to miss uh... – He's, I, I know all of us Ryder fans were hoping that he's going to be like the focal point of the offense just because of how as soon as he gets the ball, he can just make magic happen, right? Uh, so it'll be interesting to see who's going to carry the load there while we wait for him to get healthy. Yeah, is it going to be Jake Winicky? Uh I know Trevor Harris and him are familiar with each other. So, I mean, that will be good right off the bat. But Schaefer Baker, probably one of the best receivers in the CFL once he gets the ball. And yeah. last year, I think at times, maybe they were a bit uneven 
with with getting him the ball. They they kind of went for stretches at a time. He had 960 yards last year. It could have easily been a thousand, and I think he's going to be a 1,000 yard receiver in his career. 412 yards after catch in uh, the last season. Dakota Prukop spent his time with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers last season. He was a danger on the ground, and he could also drop back and and damage defenses with his arm as well. But now he is a member of the New Jersey Generals of the USFL, 29 years old, and he, he spent several seasons uh, in the Canadian Football League before going to the USFL. We'll see if that league survives going into the future <laughs> and i don't know have you, you heard about the drama uh surrounding chris jones and kevin francis the linebacker who came out on social media earlier in march that he has felt disrespected by the edmonton elks organization and he has been demanding to be traded or released he says over a month now he's been ignored about his money he asked for a release or to be traded due to the lack of communication and how we do business and he says he got ignored about that too chris jones this week in chris jones way says he expects kevin francis to be with the elks in 2023 despite this social media drama there is always something uh in edmonton i I don't know the full story uh around this but he did sign with the elks just this year worth uh, 122,000 dollars for this year including a $25,000 signing bonus i I don't know if he didn't get the money or what has (laughs) happened there but something interesting happening uh, regarding Kevin Francis and the Edmonton Elks. We'll have to watch that one. And Ooh. some player news in BC, as Stephen Stove Richardson is not expected to be playing defensive tackle for the Lions in 2023. He missed all of last year with the Achilles injury, and uh, they're not really expecting him to be back this year either. They're in contact with him, things like that, but that Achilles in- injury, that is a tough one to come back from, and it can end careers uh, quite easily. But, Sheldon, I do want to talk about what the BC Lions have going on in 2023. And we know that uh, the the word of the day for the past six months has been inflation and cost of living and all that sort of stuff. But as the Lions move into their 69th regular season, they are introducing a $5 menu. Beer, nachos, hot dogs, popcorn, and they're saying they're going to be revealing more rotational items onto this $5 menu to make it more affordable to go to the stadium. And look, Vancouver is one of the most expensive cities in the country. So to have a $5 menu there, this will be awesome to get more people out to the games and especially families out to the games to make it uh, as affordable as it can be. Yeah, they they seem to be doing everything right for those fans there. They're, I'm, I'm sure they're going to have these concerts again before the game to get people there and yeah. opening the other deck. And 
cheap concessions. That's what you need to do. You, you lower your prices a little bit, you lower your concessions a little bit and more people are going to come in and you're going to make more money. Like I, every CFL team should be doing this. I, I know that not every CFL team has, you know, 50, 60,000 seats and the luxury to do that. But like, I, I heard on Twitter that Ballsy said that he heard that the riders are looking at stuff like this too. So we'll see, I guess, but um, that everyone's wallets are hurting right now. So mm-hmm. whatever you can do to save the fans some money, they're going to come out and hopefully have a great time at the ballpark. I don't know if you saw this quote from Chris May. He's the general manager at BC Place. He says, uh, that $5 beer is a can that's 8% alcohol. I challenge anyone to provide a better deal than that. LFG. (laughs) Only in Canada, baby. (laughs) That's awesome. Man, there's going to be some good times. In uh, in Vancouver, man, they had the big uh, footlong hot dog, too, when I went to the Grey Cup there. BC Place is a great place uh, to watch a game, and it does look like Amar Doman is uh, leading the BC Lions and getting the city excited about going to BC games, even in the playoffs, bussing people in from Kamloops and things like that. So, so cool what they're doing, getting the whole province excited about the Lions. And maybe this year will be tough without uh, Kid Canada, Nathan Rourke, the traitor, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> he I don't is. Know uh... calling him a traitor. <laughs> like, doing, doing what he needs to do. Come on. Hey, yeah. No, no. I, well, I was joking. But <laughs> but uh, that helped with the excitement last year, too, when they were able to light up defenses. Uh, now, will Dane Evans and Vernon Adams Jr. be able to do the same in 2023? They've still got some great playmakers and some great talent on that roster to be able to create excitement at BC Place. This episode of Two and Out brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you choose who to buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from, and Park Power is low overhead, which in turn allows them to offer low competitive rates. Reach out for a no-obligations comparison. You can email estimates at parkpower.ca. And if you decide to switch, it's easy. It's really just a change to your billing, and you can feel good knowing you're helping to give back to our communities with your utilities bills. Learn more at parkpower.ca. Well, Sheldon Jones, WrestleMania 39 coming up this weekend. Is there a match you are most excited for, or are you just excited to have WrestleMania back? I'm just excited, but uh, we were talking a little bit before we started to hit the record button here, but uh, I I am very excited for Cody and Roman. I think that's going to be – I think it'll deliver. Um, we'll see what happens there, but – Gunther and Sheamus and Drew McIntyre are just going to beat the shit out of each other, and it's going to be. <laughs> they are. The, their chests are going to just be raw from all the chops, and like 
That's entertainment. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I want to see Logan Paul get the crap beat out of him, and I want to see Dominic Mysterio get the crap beat out of him. And I think the entrances for the Hell in a Cell match will be worth it, (laughs) worth the price admission alone. And uh, I'm sure I'll be demolishing a tray of appetizers from M&M meat shops or something and having a good time watching WrestleMania. Could you imagine how much spring would suck without WrestleMania? (laughs) It's Yeah, like WrestleMania weekend is always like, it's like, Winter's over, spring's here usually. Then you get one last snowfall if you live in the prairies because that always happens. But yeah, no, it's spring is here when WrestleMania hits and then you're a month away from football. Let's go. Exactly. Let's go. Enjoy WrestleMania. Get well soon, Brazilian Ty. Thank you for filling in, Sheldon, today. It's been a pleasure to chat with you, my man. And uh, you can rate, review, and subscribe to Tune Out on your favorite podcatcher. You can like, comment, and ring the bell on YouTube as well. We'll talk to you in April on Tune Out. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.